are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. The title of the book is the title of the Bible study tonight of Being More Like Him, Being More Like Jesus. When we're talking about being like Christ, His name always gets top billing and never mine. John 15 puts it this way, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and the Father shall do it and the Father will be glorified. He always gets the glory and not us. And what a delight that is. Next slide, please. Your focus on making disciples over the uh, last few weeks has certainly looked at this universal power that's being applied In Matthew 28, Jesus came and spoke unto the disciples, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. There is no formula that can answer how much power there is in the universe. If I had all power, I would make people be good. That's what I would do. As soon as they were nasty... I don't know. I'm trying to think for this moment what I would do to (laughs) instill in them an immediate response. Thou shalt never be nasty to people again. Okay? And over time, I would even start people that are frowning too much. I would start bringing things into their life saying, you better smile now because frowning isn't helping you or anybody else. So first of all, I would attack all nastiness, meanness, and then I would start attacking the grumblies. (laughs) because life is to be a gift from God. Now, I have to confess, I am certified melancholy, okay? Which means there have been deep holes I have fallen into from time to time. There might be one or two melancholies in the room that know what I'm talking about. This is when you sit in your recliner in the house, and as it gets darker and darker and darker, darker, someone walks in and says, can I turn on the light? And you say, don't! I've been working on this pity party a while. I just about got it perfect. You turn on the light, you're going to mess it up on me. There have been times I have spoken with the Lord and the Lord has spoken to me and I said, Lord, I am not understanding that life is a gift from you right now. Matter of fact, today, not today, I'm talking about that dark day. Today I'm feeling like this is a curse and not a blessing. The beautiful thing of our relationship with the Lord is He wants to hear that. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you to hide that. He has all power in heaven and earth to make disciples, including you and me. Before we can make disciples and others, we must be committed to growing and maturing as disciples. And one of those things is honesty with the Master. And since He's using all the power of the universe to do something much superior to what I would do, make everybody be good. He wants to use it to make, to empower us to make disciples everywhere we go. We do that by baptizing and teaching to do all things which he has said. And finally, he has promised to be with us always, yea, even until the end of the age. Next slide, please. We all have many different starting points. Uh, My first time at church, I was 10 days old. I can only remember half the sermon. Don't hold it against me. 
<laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember any of that sermon. Matter of fact, growing up, I thought church was more about counting bubblegum under the pew than it was listening to the pastor. I know it's pretty gross. Pick it off, stick it in your mouth, you know. I... You see, I'm immune to this coronavirus stuff. I lived in church. <laughs> Chewing bubblegum off the bottom of the pew. So I got an immune system that's pretty rugged. We have all come down different paths. My mother and father were home missionaries in upstate New York, planting four churches. I was with them with three of them, the fourth one they left me to go start a church someplace else. We have all come down different paths. In this room tonight, there are people who at one time were alcoholics, but you are no more. Can I get a hand of someone the Lord delivered you? Lord, we give you thanks for that delivering power in the house tonight. We will never grow weary of giving you thanks for your delivering strength. You have called us out of that darkness and made us a people that worship you, O oh Lord. And what a delight it is to worship you. I don't know the path of alcoholism, but I have walked with those who have been there. And now we walk arm in arm out of our yesterdays and into our tomorrows. And what a delight to know. It doesn't matter where your path has been. We have one desire in the house. We want to be more like Jesus. There are some in the church, and I'm assuming there are some in here, who have walked with God in the past and then walked away from Him. And the Lord didn't give up, and He called you back. Is there anyone in the house that's willing to... Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that you don't throw away your people. When your sons and daughters fail you and don't hear your voice, instead, tune to the voice of this world. You do not destroy us. Instead, you will leave the 99 safe in the fold and you came looking for us in time of need. Oh, Lord. Some of us who knew the way home, you waited on the porch for us to return. And you welcomed us home with a ring. And you welcomed us home with shoes for our feet. And you welcomed us home for a robe on our back. We thank you for this, O oh Lord. O oh Lord. O oh Lord. So many different journeys that we've come through, but we only have one desire. We want to be like Jesus. Next slide, please. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 40 is such a humbling verse for me when I think about discipleship. The disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. What would it be like if at the end of 2020, as I'm opening gifts at the end of the year with my family, that the princess and I, we would sit down at the table Start making a list of, Lord, this is how you've drawn us closer this year. I'm not bragging that we've made ourselves more like you. We're just saying you have drawn us to be closer to you this year. Anyone else willing to have that longing for 2020? I kind of think that that would make a successful year. I don't know what your financial goals are. I don't know what your career goals are. I don't know what your academic goals are. Or you are finally going to paint your house. I don't know what your goals are for 2020. But the greatest goal you can have is, Lord, at the end of this year, 
I will be more like you than I was at the beginning of the year. And so, Lord, since that's my desire, that's my hunger, that's my longing, I ask you, do whatever you need to do in my life to help my ears be open so that I can hear your voice, I can do something about it, I pray in line with it, and I have brothers and sisters in the house that can help me grow closer to Christ. As we are making disciples, we are growing as disciples, we can be perfectly trained to be like his teacher, and that is our desire to be like our teacher, Jesus. Next slide, please. Now, there are some spiritual gym rats. These are the folks who talk to you about how much they pray or how many days a week they fast. Remember Jesus telling the parable like that once? Because there was this one guy standing on the street corner with very long sleeves. He was so holy, he almost had to have people feed him. You know, you know he didn't stop with his holiness here, or holiness here, or holiness here. His holiness went down there. He was so holy, he had to have a team of people taking care of him. He was too holy to take care of himself. And he spent his prayer time saying, Ah, Lord, you know I fasted. Three times this week, the Torah only called for one fast day in a whole year. Because God called his people to be party people. Are there any partiers in the house? Are there? Do we have any partiers in the house? Come on, fess up. Okay. (laughs) She's just been out at party animal, row three. I I am one of those people who, when I'm going to a party, I ask my daughters, would you send me a text in 45 minutes? (laughs) If this party isn't going right, I just had an emergency. If you can't think of anything, then love me enough to go slam your finger in the drawer. (laughs) My daughter has a serious problem. I don't know how deep the wound is, but I'm going to be on it. Now, there have been times I would prefer to write a 30-page paper on partying than rather than going to one, full with APA footnotes, okay? So all of that kind of thing. I am not a, a, a party person, but this person wasn't either. He was beating himself on the chest. I fast three days a week. I, I, I'm that kind of follower of Yahweh. The law only called for one fast day in a whole year. Day of Atonement. One fast day in the whole year, I'm going to fast three days out of the week to prove. And I am so glad I'm not like this sinner. I have to live like that. I'd pray to get run over next week if that was my life. If that was my life, I don't think I could face another tomorrow. But because I pray so much and fast so much, my life is far superior. That is Jim Rat spirituality. Okay? I don't think we have a whole lot of need for apostolic Jim Rat spirituality. Jim Rat spirituality is like this. I just need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to read my Bible more. Now, if you're not reading your Bible at all, one verse is a very good idea. 
you're not praying at all, 30, minutes, 30 seconds at the beginning of a day would be fantastic. Okay, so if you're not doing it at all, start. However, the goal isn't praying more. Our goal is not to be great prayer warriors. Our goal is not to be great Bible scholars. Hmm? Because notice when I say I'm a scholar of the Word, the emphasis, the subject is me. Instead, we want to be disciples of the Word, which is to follow the Word. He didn't say, you're going to teach everybody to know my teachings. He's going to teach everybody to obey and follow my teachings. So we're going to become more like Jesus, not greater prayers. And this is a significant difference. Okay? I grew up, as I told you, chewing bubblegum off the bottom of the seat. So I've been in this thing a very, very long time. And much of the time, very meaningful people have called me to just, just pray more. If you're weary, just pray more and worship more. The issue isn't more. The issue is Jesus. So on... The left-hand side, you have a gym rat. He's got muscles. He can bench press. He can deadlift. He can do all of that stuff. The fellow on the right, he has muscles that are useful for something. He's been trained in a craft, in a skill. Our spirituality, our growing as disciples is so we can be useful to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So that when he calls us son and calls us daughter, we don't just say, oh yeah, I'm a prince. Instead we say, the king has chosen me with purpose and with design. And my greatest joy is to be what God wants me to be. That would be my greatest joy. Oh yeah, I'd like to go to Switzerland someday. I would like to do lots of other things, but my greatest joy I want to be what Jesus wants me to be. My great granny was baptized in the 20s and uh, she lived into her 80s, but as she was getting to the end of life, she was at least four foot 11. She was a midget <laughs> physically, but she was a giant spiritually. So when I stand on my granny's shoulders, I, I can get some better air. But as she was getting at the end of life, she spoke to my mother, her granddaughter and said, sweetheart, there's one thing I really don't like about being old. Now, I got a whole list. My great-granny says, there's one thing I don't like about being old. She says, I just can't pray with folk in the altar like I used to. The Lord had put... Now, my granny had lived for Jesus through the Depression. My granny had lived for Jesus when sons... We're off in World War II. My granny had lived for Jesus when her ornery, stinking, no good, lousy husband who had been baptized with her but was a bum for the next 50 years till he got the Holy Ghost in 1976. That's one long birthing canal, by the way. <laughs> Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whew, 50 years of labor right there. All of that. She says, I just... I don't like getting old because there's another person at the altar I want to pray with. There's, there's someone else. I just see the pain in their life. And oh, if I could just get up there and pray one more time. 
My mother passed away last October, and two weeks before she passed away, as we were bringing her home from the hospital so we could care for her at home the last two weeks of her life, my mother echoed the words of her granny. Oh, sons, there's just one thing I wish I could do, and I'm afraid I won't get to do it. And we ask her, Mama, what is that? She says, oh, if I could just teach one more Bible study. She didn't ask to see the next great-grandbaby born, which just happened last week. She didn't ask to see, to see all of her kids in one place one more time. She just said, I, I just wish I could teach one more Bible study. My life would be complete with just one more Bible study. Why? Because my mama was called to teach Bible studies. That's what she was gifted to do. Those of you that are in this room that are gifted to greet folks with a smile at the door and to welcome folk regardless of where they came from and regardless of their color and regardless of what they're wearing and regardless of what they appear on the outside, you're welcoming them to the one who loves them and cares for them. Don't you underestimate the power of greeting because you're going to pray it during the week. You're going to say, Lord, you welcomed everybody. You went to dinner with the tax collector and you went to dinner with the folks that were cast aside and the leper. I get to greet some people on Sunday, Lord Jesus. I don't know what to say, but I want to be just like you. When you greeted people, they didn't run away. When you greeted people, they drew near. When you greeted people, they felt the Father. Lord, when I greet someone, could they feel the Father in my voice? Could they see it in my face? You see, whatever God has called you to be and to do, that's what spiritual formation is about. Next slide, please. Some of you can read that. There are two different perspectives. One is spiritual disciplines, and the other one is spiritual formation. If we're talking about making disciples, we're about being formed in Christ. It's not about discipline. One day, a rich guy came to Jesus and says, hey, man, what do I got to do to be saved? And Jesus said, keep the law. And he said, got that down pat. Does anyone know how many laws supposedly there are in the Old Testament? 613, according to Mamamides. 613 laws in the Old Testament. And this dude had the audacity to say, my spreadsheet, every single day, I check off all 613 of those puppies. I have not missed one of them since I was a child. Now, Jesus kind of let a little bit of that slide and says, okay, I'll grant you, you've done that. Because this man was a disciplined person. There are some people in this room who are extremely disciplined. These are the husbands whose wife doesn't have to tell them to put their socks in the hamper. Each sock that comes off of their foot gets turned right side out. One sock in the hamper before the second sock is removed. Then their shoe trees come out from the drawer and are inserted in both of their shoes. And before they wear their shoes again, they will be buffed to pass a marine drill sergeant's inspection. Because it's the way to live a disciplined life. That's what this young man was. He was disciplined and Jesus says, you lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it away. 
Because your identity is in what you've done and what you have. And unless you lose your identity and walk in me, unless you lose your identity and walk in me, you are not going to find it. Scripture says he went away very sorrowful. I have one slide I won't get there, so I'll go ahead and talk about the rest of it now. There's another rich guy in the exact same chapter. You remember the vertically challenged man? Climbs up in the sycamore tree. He's so short. He's vertically challenged, so he climbs up in the tree. Wants to see Jesus that day, and Jesus calls him out. Said, "Come on down. I'm going to your house for dinner." One rich man has to give away all of his wealth. The other guy caters a $35 Chick-fil-A dinner. Now, what's the price of salvation here? Is it wealth, millions and millions, or is it $35 Chick-fil-A dinner? The issue isn't about the money. The issue is about where's your identity. Okay, so a discipline focus. There are some people who are going to be saved even though they have a disciplined focus. This is not about being saved. This is about being like Christ. And I think that's very important for us to grasp up front. We are not in this to be saved. We're in this to be like Christ. Spiritual discipline focuses on the doing of it. Spiritual formation focuses on being. I want to be like Christ. So whatever it takes to be like Him, that's what I want to do. Spiritual discipline is human-centered. Do you have enough journals? Do you have enough ringers on your phone so that you can set it up in advance to when it ding, 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 dings? Oops, go time to read my Bible now. And I'm going to read until it dings. Stop. The next ding is prayer time. And I'm going to read until it stops. And I have my prayer wheel. And I'm going to read each of the five minutes on the prayer wheel. Or I have this device or that device to make sure I pray at least an hour a day. Because if I, I feel like if I don't pray at least an hour a day, I'm not being what God calls me to be. You're focused on what you're achieving instead of what He achieves. Okay? So prayer, instead of being human-centered, prayer is Christ-centered. Lord, Come to you today, seeking your purposes and your design. I want to pray in line with your will and your plan, as I mentioned earlier in John chapter 15. As Christ-centered, Christ is doing the work. He is healing us. He is making us holy. He is gifting us with His Holy Spirit, and He is sending us into the world. Spiritual disciplines only has really three strategies. Read more, pray more, fast more. I'm not, I'm not speaking against those, but it's not about more Spiritual formation, on the other hand, has limitless strategies. The way you spend your day off will tell me a whole lot about your spiritual state. Your willingness to take a day off will tell me about your spiritual state. I was reading in my devotions one time this week, and I was reading from Luke chapter 9, after the disciples came back from casting out demons and healing the sick, all that good stuff, Jesus says, we got to take a day off. So Jesus takes a day off with his disciples. Scripture says he goes out into the desert place that belongs to Bethsaida. And pretty soon the crowd hears they're taking a day off. Isn't that the way it usually is? Plan a day off and somebody needs me to help them move the refrigerator. You know, there's, there's something comes up. Well, the crowd of the city comes rushing out to find Jesus and their sickness. And Scripture says he heals all of their diseases. And the disciples say in that passage... Lord, you're going to have to send them away. We came out here for a day of rest. We only brought enough baggies for us. Five loaves, two fishes, 13 people. We got that covered. We planned for our day off. 
We prepared for our day off, and now we got 5,000 people that need to be fed. And Jesus says, tell them to sit down. It dawned on me as I was reading that passage that the miracle came on a day off. Taking days off or trusting the Lord that he will provide and to meet your needs. Taking a day off promises that you're acknowledging you need more than what you can achieve. It only comes through Christ. And Christ was able to do one of his greatest miracles on the day off. All right? So we're going to be intent about those days off. And then we're making space for God to do amazing things on those days off. And yes, there's a chapter in my book on the uh, spiritual formation of work, your job. How you approach your door at work is a spiritual issue. If you approach the door, hate it here, hate it here, hate it here, hate it here. Can't stand it, can't stand it, can't stand it. I'm gone as soon as I get a chance. Or I'm only here because of Friday for the check. You can be saved. I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about living more like Christ. Spiritual formation of work, doing spiritual formation of work says, Lord, I got to go. I'm going to work today. You've given me a job, but that's my mission field. Okay? I'm going to stuff envelopes all day. I'm going to change tires all day. I'm going to make change at the machine all day or actually stand there where people check out their own groceries all day. <clears throat> I'm, going to, I'm going to work all day, but Lord, you could provide however you wanted to. You're just choosing to provide for my needs. You promised if I seek first your kingdom and righteousness, you would provide all these things would be added unto me. My housing, my food, my clothing is going to be taken care of if I'm seeking your purposes. So really, you go to work. I go to work not for a paycheck. But I go to work to see, you go to work to see who you can love and care for there, beginning the process of discipleship. Oh, they hate me. You don't understand. Jesus does. Jesus says, sometimes they're going to really despise you. How do I know that, Jesus says? Because they don't like me, Jesus said. So even though they despise you, some of your colleagues may not like you. Now, it's because if, if it's because you're a crankpot, well, then you have a different spiritual issue. But if it's because of your lifestyle that you've lived humbly before God and they don't like you, John 16 And chapter 17 talks about the parakletos in our life and how that condemns a world that's around us. Then we're going to be there in love and care for someone. So the next time someone says to you, I really can't stand you Christians, the response is probably should be a question. The question is, I'm, I'm not grasping fully what you're saying. Would you explain to me what it is about us Christians that bother you? And then get ready because here comes the dump truck. You can hear the beep already, can't you? Beep, 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 beep. It's going to be dumped on you. But it could be the most significant thing you do at work all year is asking someone, would you explain to me why Christianity bothers you so? I don't understand that because you see in my life, God's been so good to me. And I go to a wonderful church where there's great love and care and it's multi-ethnic and all kinds of diversity, you know, speak several languages there. We, we belong there. So I, I don't understand this I hate Jesus stuff. Would you explain to me what that's about? And as they start saying, well, because people abuse power, don't, don't give a response. Well, Pastor Tommy doesn't. 
Now, sometimes he tries to get you to eat ice cream, but that's certainly power abuse right there. My pa- don't, don't go into my pastor doesn't. Instead, would you explain to me again what that is? As you help them uncover the stones that are on the path, you are preparing a seedbed for a disciple. Scripture tells us the sower and the seed. Remember, you probably have this in some of your teaching on discipleship. Some seed fell on stony ground, right? In the past, we said, pick better places to sow the seed. That's kind of the way I heard it told in the past. In this generation, we're not saying pick better places. We're saying spend more time getting the rocks out of the way. Because that doesn't have to be stony ground. And ground isn't the one that creates the stones. Those stones came from someplace else. Don't blame the stone holder. Help them excavate some stones. And then through your love and prayer, you're tilling the soil so that that seed can take, can take a place. So your work is a spiritual formation strategy. It's not in the reading of the Bible, the praying, and the fasting, but it's a decision. My work life is part of my spirituality. Spiritual disciplines is about more and technique-driven. Formation is integrated into your lifestyle, and it transforms you. Mastery is possible in disciplines. Maturity is possible as our goal in spiritual formation. Next slide, please. To define a little bit. Spiritual formation is the lifelong, okay, being formed in Christ is a lifelong personal and communal commitment to know Christ to be remade in his image as part of his creation and to be on his mission. So being formed in Christ takes, is going to take your whole life. Instead of saying, oh, when's this going to be over? There's going to be a celebration. Today I'm closer to Jesus than I was yesterday. Not just closer to eternity, but actually I'm looking more and more like him. Evidently Enoch somewhere along the way got closer to God's house than his own house. And the Lord said, just take one more step, Bubba. And Enoch went on home. He couldn't make it back to his house. He went to the other house. We want to become more and more like Christ. We want the world to see Jesus through us. Oh, I wish, I wish where I work could see Jesus. I wish Jesus could be in my neighborhood. I wish Jesus could come and transform people today. He indeed wants to. And it's going to be by his power through his people. Next slide, please. We have two options. This is, this is my thesis. We have two options. We have excarnational spirituality. This task is we do spiritual things so we can stay saved and so we can go to heaven. Okay, this is rooted, this is rooted in an understanding that the Holy Ghost is about primarily going to heaven. And my Bible, maybe yours is different in Cincinnati, but my Bible in Dallas, Texas is Acts 1.8 comes before 2.38. Is that the case here, Pastor? Or just double checking because you may have Bibles that 2.38 comes before 1.8. 1.8, okay. ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses unto me. So that empowerment is to witness. So excarnational spirituality is how do I stay saved? If I don't pray, I'm not going to be saved. If I don't go to church, I'm not going to be saved. If I don't read my Bible, I'm not going to be saved. Now, you're probably going to be saved anyway because you've been baptized in his name, you're filled with the Spirit, and you're seeking him. 
But that's not the way he wants you to live. He wants you to live incarnationally. As you sent, John 17, as you sent me into the world, I send them. Jesus says, I pray not, Father, that you would take them out of the world, but I pray that you would keep them in the world. So the next time you pray, Lord, get me out of this, Jesus said, ain't listening, ain't listening, ain't listening. Because I'm not here to take you out. I'm here to take you through. Let's stand together, shall we? What a delight to walk with men and women of faith. There are men and women of this, in faith in this room who have been through many of those valleys of shadow and death and can testify to you, our God is an awesome God and He is always faithful, always faithful. But I believe the decade of the 20s is the time of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that this world has ever known. Cincinnati has has a great history, but it's not as strong as its future for what God wants to do. The question is, is will we be men and women who grow in the Spirit going into the world, into the world, making disciples, not seeking to flee the world? Lord Jesus, I pray a blessing on this people right now. I pray, Lord, a blessing of the Spirit, a a hunger, O Lord, to see their circumstances as not their definer, but your presence as their definer, not their trial and not their pain and not their weakness as their defining moment, but instead you're gifting in the Spirit where you are preparing them to walk boldly in the world today. I pray for grace and peace and hope in a world that's filled with shame and fear and anxiety. I pray a blessed walk in you so that they can live as witnesses in this world, that their world can be transformed by your Holy Spirit through them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.